Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is the best. A few quick housekeeping things before we get started. Brandon's audio kind of sounds a little funny for the first few minutes of this episode. Uh, a few minutes into it, we get it sorted out and uh, it gets much, much better. So if you're not a fan of the immediate audio, just hang on for a few seconds and it will sort itself out. Um, other than that, it's a great episode today. The most important thing that you can do for the podcast is make sure you leave us a uh, five-star review on Apple Podcast or whatever you feel is worthy. Uh, we are always open to feedback, and I want to also encourage, if you're a regular listener of the show, want more information on the show, we have a Facebook group called Racing on the Rocks VIP Listeners on Facebook. Feel free to join us there. You'll get some early access content, direct links to all of the podcast and YouTube episodes, and everything else that you could want. Today's show, uh, actually, let me say something else real quick before we get started on that. Uh, we're wrapping up the year end. Anyone or any corporation that listens enjoys the show. Uh, I always say support those who are uh, are helping the show out and doing all kinds of different things for us. Um, we're gearing up a new sponsor list for 2021. If you have any interest in doing that, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'll send you our analytics over for 2020. We had a great year, you guys. And uh, if you're just a regular listener enjoying the show, the sponsors are what makes the magic work here. So always happy to have those guys on board and I have some really important news coming very soon. Uh, big news. Very excited about that. But today's show is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, powered by Supergrip ATV Tires. I am in the process of getting some amp tires from Supergrip and I saw today that Planet Side by Side has a like million amount of canines in stock right now. So if you've been looking for the tire, I highly recommend that you reach out to those guys. Get yourself some of the world's most sought-after UTV tire. The Supergrip ATV K9 tire is an 8-ply sidewall Kevlar optional, and it has 1-inch tread depth and a really aggressive tread pattern. Uh, you know, I say it's aggressive tread pattern. It's a very mild tread pattern, but because of the tread depth, it is so massively just aggressive and effective. They come in a standard and an intermediate compound, the standard being a little bit more generic use. Intermediate is going to be a little bit softer compound, higher performance, uh, less life on the tire, but still excellent tires. I highly recommend if you can squeeze it on the budget, get the Kevlar. It is the only Kevlar bead to bead system in a tire. Those are the tires I've run and I've abused the literal crap out of them. Uh, beat them to tar and put them in situations they should never have survived in. So supergripatv.com, supergripatv on Instagram and Facebook. And I want to say thank you to Supergrip for a wonderful year of sponsorship. Next on the show is Dynajet Research Inc. I run their Stage 2 Clutch Kit. Very happy to have those guys on board because they have really put a lot of pep back in my uh, my Razor XP 1000. I went to a little bit of a bigger tire, um, but primarily I went to a heavier tire. The Supergrip ATV K9s are a little bit heavier than the stock Bighorns, so I got a clutch kit and a tuner, and I uh, really woke it back up. Did some really great stuff, so glad to have Dynojet Research Inc. on the show. Um, highly recommend, again, I run the Stage 2 kit, fully customizable clutch setup, as well as a tuner. Dynojet.com, if I'm not mistaken, and Dynojet Research Inc. on, on Instagram and Facebook. 
Next on the list is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. So there's some news that you guys have been waiting for a while. Diddy's Big Block is now officially open for business and valving for your razor shocks. I talked to Chris a few days ago and Diddy's Big Block is now a full-time operation. So if you're looking or been on the fence about getting your getting your shocks serviced, getting them rebuilt, recleaned up, revalved, inspected, the whole nine yards, Chris at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop can help you out. Whether it's Razor, UTV, which I think that you guys will really be amazed with the ride quality. He has actually worked on a set of shocks for me. I was mind blown at how effective the change was. Uh, and I also paired them with some all things UTV tender springs. I have the actual longer tender springs in the rear. Uh, I kind of got the Cloud 9 kit uh, halvesy set up. I don't have the Cloud 9 kit all things UTV lowers, but I do have their long tenders with crossover rings. That in conjunction with the Diddy's Big Block valving has really turned my Razor into a decent ride. It was good. You know, the, just the tender spring upgrade is a good upgrade. But once I got them revalved, it's like riding on a cloud. I could ride in it all day and not get beat up at all. I'm very, very pleased to have not only the, the Razor Aid tender springs and the crossover rings from the uh, All Things UTV Cloud 9 kit, but Diddy's Big Block Race Shop revalving my shocks made a, I can't even explain how big of a difference. I want to say a literal world of difference, but it's huge, guys. Uh, highly recommend. Go get a quote. See what he can do for you, and it promise, I promise it'll be the best upgrade you've ever made to your machine, hands down. And that's for all UTVs, particularly the UTV with the Walker Evans shocks. I know that there's a couple different UTVs that have those or run those setups. So next on the list is... Uh, I rate 4x4. Sorry, getting jumbled here on all my sponsors. Uh, I rate 4x4 is the Pirate 4x4 replacement. Uh, it is basically the direct successor. Pirate 4x4 was taken over by by you know people who didn't necessarily have the interest or or well let's say this the interest in, in keeping the integrity of that website the same. Um, it's just not what it used to be. I think that everyone has kind of shifted around and tried to find a new home. I personally love going on irate4x4.com and looking at build threads. It's something that I used to do back from my Jeep days, and uh, I really enjoyed seeing what people did over time and being able to go see all of the hard lessons they learned, all the parts they used, where they would recommend something else in their journey, because it ultimately ended up saving me a bunch of time when I did Jeep builds. I still go over there. I check out a lot of the uh, trailer stuff. I'm looking for a new trailer for you know possibly another machine or two. So you know, tons of tech over there, fabrication, uh, racing, UTV, 4400, the whole nine yards. It's really amazing, and there's a huge community over there. Super stoked to uh, have them on board because they're really really cool. So irate4x4.com, irate4x4.com, and last but not least is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road will be with us in 2021, already confirmed, because uh, personally, I just love working with him so much, and uh, Mike really, really likes what we're doing with the show. So he gives all listeners of the show 10% off with code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S, at checkout on infiniteoffroad.com. That'll give you 10% off light bars, light pods, magnetic rock lights, which I'm going to pick me up a set here soon. Uh, which are great because you don't have to worry about trying to mount them in some kind of funky location. Or if you mount them and they're in the wrong location, you don't have to go through it again. You can literally just adjust the magnet. They have a red, green, blue, and a dedicated white emitter on all of their rock lights. 
I can tell you guys, first and foremost, man, no other company does it quite like Infinite Off-Road. All of the Infinite Off-Road products have a 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty, even including accidental damage. Infinite Off-Road on Instagram and Facebook and infiniteoffroad.com. Don't forget your coupon code ROCKS for 10% off your entire order. Today on the show, we have one of my very favorite drivers, Mr. Consistency. Uh, he's just, man, I really like how he drives. I like his mindset, and uh, I like him as a, as a human being. He's a great guy. Uh, Brandon Davis today from Davis Racing. Uh, he spills some tea, some some of that off-season you know, secrets that we've been hearing. Uh, Brandon Davis goes into it today, so I'm not going to go any longer without further ado the very powerful Brandon Davis. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. All right, for the second time, Brandon Davis is on the line in the studio. How are you, buddy? Yeah, uh, good. I wish it wasn't, you know, five o'clock and dark outside. That's been a huge bummer. Yeah, you know, being in the dirt business, that definitely changes things when when you have to shut her down at five o'clock. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Um, so I, it's been, I think I interviewed you last in February. So it's been a long time since we've gotten a chance to talk and uh, you finished out another season with all of the various leagues, um, but you also finished out, you know, racing, work, everything in one of the craziest years possible. How are you holding up now that 2020 is almost wrapped up? Yeah, it, it's definitely been a weird year. Um, I guess as far as work and everything, it hadn't hurt us too bad. You know, we're in the construction business, and so everything's we're just playing it safe and everything's continued to kind of click along. Um, as far as the race season was a little bit, you know, tough because um, events got moved around and got canceled and it just got to be where it was difficult to hit all the ones we had planned on hitting. So, you know, we didn't get to run all the points like we did the year before or the points races and stuff that we did the year before, but um, we're definitely able to hit some and we're just ready for the year to be over with and start start fresh 2021 so yeah absolutely uh so tell me about the year because you know the schedules did get bounced around quite a bit uh it seemed like you know everyone tried to do the best they could but uh it was a really weird year did you get to run all of the southern rock and pro rock and all the races that you ultimately ended up needing to no i didn't i wasn't well i kind of made the all of the all of the races, so I, I wasn't at all the events, and which that hurts you in the points series. Um, I guess just, just beside everything else going on, we had other projects that were kind of getting in the way, and it was just tough. You know, with the schedules changing, it was just tough to make them. So I just, I guess, kind of made the decision early on to, to not follow them all this season, mm -hmm. and um, and so it just it hurts you a little bit. I think I ended up. I don't even know, maybe fourth in UTV and 
the Southern Rock, and I'm not sure where I ended up in Bouncer, but it's tough to make up all those points when you don't make all the events. But um, next season, I plan on plan on definitely doing all I can and just see what happens. So when you're planning out your season, do you plan to run just one race series, or do you try and make as many races as possible? Mm-hmm. And then try and try and pick one more to, to you know kind of chase, whether it be Pro Rock or, or Outlaw. Um, I really haven't decided which. One. I know I'm going to do all the Southern Rock for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of already signed up for that, but I'm not sure which of the other um, series I'm going to try and chase. But I usually can get two of them. Two of them in is the plan, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and try and follow all the points. So let me ask you this, because I, th- I feel like this is something common from a fan's perspective. Uh, why is it that the Southern Rock Racing Series, it seems to be the one that, you know, if you're going to consistently one run one series, it's that one. Does, is, there, is there something that sets that series apart from the other, you know, three or four? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure, but besides the fact that it's, you know, was the first one to kind of start ramp racing and it's uh, I feel like it's you know probably the most well known mm-hmm. and it's, you know it's the one when I started doing it in UTV and kind of searching on the internet for races to go to um, it was kind of the one to one to go go to and and I learned pretty quickly that that was kind of the cream of the crop you know if you did good there you, you know that was that was pretty good so um, I think that's the biggest thing is that it was it was one of the first ones. Clyde was one of the first ones to kind of get the ball rolling with yeah. it. And, and then others others have kind of evolved and followed. And there's really a lot of good series out there right now. Now, do you think that they all feel the same? Because, you know, sometimes they're all running the same hills. Or do you think that they all kind of have a different flavor and feel into all of them? You know, it, it's a lot of the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely different different feeling at each one of them, you know, like uh, Outlaw does kind of a different, you know, where they run two at a time mm-hmm. and two courses at one time. And it, um, so they all, they're all different and it's a different, for some reason, the crowds seem a little bit different at each, at each one. So um, even though you're racing the same people, it, it, they do all have their good, good parts and bad parts. Yeah. Uh, hey, Brandon, you sound like you're just a little bit away from your phone. Uh, if you don't mind, could uh, can you try and give me one more test a little bit closer? Yeah, is that any better? Uh, that's a little bit better. Um, I can go down here and see if I can get an earpiece. Yeah, either one. That'd be fine. All right. All right. Can you hold just a second? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep talking to everybody that's listening while we're waiting. For those who don't know, um, Brandon Davis is one of the most consistent drivers in all of the circuits, not only in attendance like we were talking about, um, but in performance as well. Obviously, he has race machines that are super proven and uh, is an extremely capable driver, but he's always in the the points chase. And and something that I'm really trying to get at with the early portion uh, of this conversation 
is just the fact that, you know, how do you stay so consistent? What, what puts you at the top consistently? Uh, you know, we have a few guys in all of the racing series who, you know, are, are very high top performers for, you know, one or two races. And something that I've been doing is I've been trying to kind of isolate what sets the, the cream of the crop away from, you know, guys who have one or two races a year where they stand out and they, they perform really well. And I, I know that everyone kind of has their day, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to argue that the handful of guys that are constantly at the top um, may not be doing something different. So that's kind of what yeah. I'm getting at here. Uh, so, Brandon, give me a little bit of test run there. Yeah. Oh, Sam, man, better. much better. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. I know all, all it's one of those things that uh, for those who are either watching the pod or watching YouTube or listening to the podcast, uh, Brandon and I, we've chosen to go the phone route. And uh, I've got Brandon via a picture from Dirty Turtle, actually. Uh, but uh, the, the way that the way that it works sometimes is phones get a little weird, but that headset has definitely cleared it up. So I appreciate it. OK, great. Um, but what I wanted to do was I, I really wanted to ask you, you know, you mentioned the crowd being different at all these events. Is there any way that you could describe or like put it in like a tangible form, how it's different from series to series? Ah, goodness. That's, that's tough. It, it's weird. It's even though it's just a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the same people, it's just a different, uh, different atmosphere sometimes. And, yeah. Um, it's kind of really hard to put it, put your finger on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, like the outlaw, it, when you go to an outlaw race, it seems a little bit, maybe a little bit more family, family type people there. Mm -hmm. A lot, you just see a lot more kids, and just seems a little bit more uh, family, family oriented mm -hmm. type event. And I'm not, so, I'm not so sure why, why that is. It just seems like it. That's that's the case, um, but I don't know really why that is mm -hmm. to be honest with you yeah well i think that you know i was i was listening to uh the point one guys who are the former outlaw guys um i was mm -hmm. listening to them do an interview this week and they're so funny half the conversation they had was talking you know uh someone you know was talking about hey you know i can't wait to go see someone's grandmother and this and that and a lot of the conversation topics even reflect you know that family feel so that, that's yeah. really you know kind of what i was trying to quantify is you know, it seems like Southern Rock is, you know, it's like the NFL, you know, you have like, it's, it's the cream of the crop, it's performance, yeah. it's very, you know, competition driven. And then you yeah. have uh, Pro Rock, which seems to be, you know, like the whole idea of like, go big or go home, like, right. you know, just balls to the wall. And then you have Outlaw, which, which really does seem like a family environment. And the guys, I think that are promoting that. I think if you look at the guys who promote it, that reflects the promoter if that makes sense yeah, like yeah. all of them they all kind of fit in their own niche and they've made their own niche really special so uh, i think yeah. that that's pretty unique to be able to do that but anyways enough about racing series um i want to hear about you how did 2020 go for you um any mishaps any high moments anything like that yeah i really didn't i'm not so sure i, I raced as, as well as i felt like i should have or or could have um, you know, I started out the season with uh, a new buggy, the Hell Hell Bent, mm -hmm. and um, with the season kind of getting chopped up, and 
I missed, you know, the early season events. Um, I don't know. I never felt like I was on my game. Um, not sure why that is, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like we had, like I said, we had some projects going on at work that were very, you know, kind of took a lot of my time. So, you know, you're working, 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 and then all of a sudden you got to get into race mode. And usually I can do that pretty easily, but for some reason I struggled with that this year. You know, you'd be sitting at the start line and you'd be thinking about other things, you know, when yeah. your mind needed to be on racing. And that definitely affects affects your performance, you know. Yeah, I would imagine so. It, it's so funny you say that because I'm kind of going through – uh, you know, that, that a period like that myself where I've got a lot of things on my plate right now, especially as the, the year end is closing, trying to get some things in line. And uh, I, I've been doing jujitsu for the past year and I was going yeah. to class last night, you know, get, I was like, I'm going to, you know, just need to drop everything and not worry about it. And last night, I, I kid you not, I'm like in some kind of crazy headlock with my feet being broken and all kinds <laughs> of other stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I got to get this work done tomorrow. And I, I, I caught myself. I was like, why? This is not the right time to be thinking about it. So I, I completely understand. And uh, I'm sure it's it's even more difficult when you put in, you know, drive time, prep time and all those things. And then and you're like, oh, I just can't actually this mental hump. Right. But yeah, it, de- it definitely plays a big, a big role in it. Like I can even tell, like if I'm, say it's Saturday morning before the race and I get a couple work phone calls, you know, that might not be the phone calls I want to get, mm-hmm. you know, it, I can tell immediately that it, it you know, it's going to be a, an off morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just part of it, you know, owning a business is it's got its highs and lows and that's just kind of part of it. And you just have to deal with it the best you can, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think uh, there's a lot of guys out there that feel the same way and and are going through stuff like that all the time but i think it's so important to see you know guys like yourself kind of explain that they're going through those things as well because it normalizes the situation for everybody else you know everyone else kind of realizes that there it is it is an even playing field you know uh everybody's out there having fun but at the same token everybody's got work on the back of their mind um and, and i think that that's something special when you can relate to to the guys at the very top. And uh, that's really what I ask you about is um, this season, you know, you still consistently, even though you said, you know, you kind of had an off season, if not, but you still consistently in the mix, always there, always present. Um, I want to ask you, you know, we'll look at Southern Rock, for example, you guys went to a few different parks that you normally don't go to. Uh, what did you think about this year? Courses, you know, bouncer courses, UTV side. Did you have a good time or is it different? What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, we did go to some different places. The one, the Indian, I guess, Indian Mountain in Piedmont. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that place has got a lot of potential. Um, it seemed like a neat park. It was their first, you know, race event. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it was, it was, could be really a nice place they you know if they'd open it up and get it where the crowd could see the um you know see the hills a little bit better and that that type of thing but um i do like going to different parks you know it it kind of evens things up when you know if we go to a place that we've all been to five times then 
we know we kind of know what we're going to be climbing and know what we're going to be doing. But when you go to a new place, it's it's a new hill for everybody and um, kind of levels things up, you know, a little bit. And and uh, we we always enjoy going to different you know different places. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Hollerwood? Because that was a new place for this year, and it was very uniquely like set up for spectators. I thought it was really neat. Yeah, I, I did too. I thought they did a good, a really good job with it, and the hills, the hills were a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I think that was great. If you had to pinpoint, you know, your personal preference uh, looking after this year, you know, where do you think? Let me ask you two questions off of this. Where is your favorite place to go? You know, like where do you think that you have the most fun? And then where do you think that you are the top performer? Where are you going to get your best performance? So I guess the a place that we really enjoy, you know, the racing as much as we do the, you know, the camping and everything is uh, Windrock. Mm. That's just a good, just a good good camping and good riding around, you know, if you get there a day early, yeah. um, you know, you ride plenty of trails to ride and then the hills are always, you know, always big and kind of get your heart racing when you're sitting at the bottom of them at the start line, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and a place we didn't go this year that I think we're going next year is, um, Wildcat in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked that place. Uh, you know, it's kind of, the, I really hadn't rode around, but mm-hmm. the, you know, it's got good parking and good hills and, you know, it's easy to mix things up a little bit and, you know, challenges in I guess different ways. So, um, either, either one of those are good, good places that I like. So let me ask you, because we were talking, you know, just beforehand about, um, when you were, you know, when you got into the UTV racing, you were kind of looking for organizations to run. Where and I'm sure I asked you this in our first interview, but where did you get your start in this? Did you buy a UTV or did you have you know a full size machine and just jump head first into all of this, or how did it work out for you to get to where you are now? Yeah, so um, I was we were kind of doing some car racing, autocross and mm-hmm. stuff, and they came out with the Polaris Razor. Just the one thousand, mm-hmm. I guess it's two thousand fourteen. Yeah, and I, I bought one of those, and you know, immediately kind of started searching for a race to go to. And I actually went to a race at Durham Town. Um, oh yeah, off road in, I guess that's near Atlanta. Yeah, that's classic. That's an old school place. Yeah, and um, I didn't know what I was doing. I went by myself, <laughs> bone stock machine, and. Ended up winning the event that I did. It was kind of an obstacle course type event. It wasn't one of their big, the one on the GP track. Yeah. But um, ended up winning that event. Of course, that gets you all excited. Come home and I start searching for stuff. And that's when I found a Southern Rock event. And it was at um, uh, Chocolaca, I guess. Also, it's also a classic one, man. Oh, yeah. And. Ended up going to that and just kind of started following it from there. I, I don't. I think the first year I went to all the Southern Rock Race events after that. After that one, man. So, and it came down the first year. It came down to Danny, me, and Danny Smith in the UTV, and um, 
I was in first, he was in second, and all all I had to do was finish the heels at finals, mm-hmm. and I broke I broke like twenty feet from the finish line. Oh my gosh, dude! And I could not get across the finish line, so I ended up getting second place my first year. They wouldn't let you run across, get out and run. <laughs> no, I tried backing across oh, uh, everything, and I could not get across that finish line. But man, uh, we we still talk about that today every time i see it we talk about that so that's that was good times yeah sure. I, I that's kind of how it, that's kind of how it got started you know and i was uh you know seeing the bouncers run on saturday and it just kind of evolved i guess from there so when you say it just kind of evolved i mean you went from a bone stock 1000 to you know now you own hellbent which I'll say this. I, I wasn't like a crazy fan of Hellbent when it came out, uh, when, when Timmy released it. But when you slapped the black and orange on it, I was like, hold on. Oh, hold on a second. There's, uh, there's something to this. And uh, I'll tell you this. That's my favorite uh, my favorite chassis setup. Just everything about it really screams like, you know, a lot of the guys that are building buggies now, they're all super high performance. Um, yeah. And there's a certain look to super high performance. Uh, that has kind of, in my opinion, you know, take it with a grain of salt, everybody, but uh, lost the style to it. And, uh, you know, we all know Timmy builds an awesome chassis, but uh, I think that Hellbent is right in the sweet spot of, uh, you know, performance and style. And and it really dawned on me this year when I started watching the live feeds a lot more. I was like, man, that thing, that thing is cool. <laughs> so, I'll uh, I'll tip yep. my hat to you because that that's a not only is it a super cool looking machine but that is a bad mama gem. Yeah, I I really like it and it's you know it's a naturally aspirated motor all it's all motor and it's real reliable um, and it and it does really good. I just I wish I'd had a little more seat time in it before you know I started the season. But um, yeah, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's low and long and it gets gets the job done for sure yeah i would say so and also again maybe it's just the black and orange but uh the razor belt bouncer that you have right now is also one of my absolute favorites uh you're still running is, is that a razor sharp customs chassis it is okay. it is it's it was built in 2016 okay and um you know timmy raced it for two seasons mm-hmm. and then i i bought it and i've raced it for two seasons so it's got some use on it, but it's a pretty reliable razor. I mean, it's it's really done me done me some good. So yeah. So let me ask you this: you know, you, you walk away from the twenty twenty season, uh, and you have you have you know you have your thoughts on it. I'll say it like that. Uh, what do you do looking at twenty twenty one to try and you know shore up the mental game? I tell you one thing I've done, and I think a lot of people already know this, so I can say it. But one thing I'm going to do is something I've wanted to do for the last year or so is go back to a, a full body uh, UTV hey. and get away. I'm going to try and a season in a full body, and mm-hmm. I'm going to go to a, a Can Am <gasps> and switch over. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep my Razor chassis for a while, but mm-hmm. I'm going to try a Can Am full body and see. For some reason, and I don't know what the reason is, but like I, I feel like I feel more comfortable most of the time in a, in a full body, and I'm not sure why that reason is. But 
we'll see what see what happens i guess yeah so that's i mean so uh most of the guys and girls who listen to the podcast are uh you know all across the board but i personally am in in a utv guy and i'm always interested to see that conversation now again i say it all the time there's so much content that's good gets put out there with everybody i don't always get to see it so i'm i'm a little bit like behind the ball sometimes um i didn't know that that was a move that you were making Uh, i think that that's a really interesting one because i think that the you know the the can am and the razor they both drive differently but i would say that you know going from a full body razor to a full body can am is a very drastic change whereas the you know razor buggy to a can am i feel like those are you know still it's definitely a change but it's a easier change or a more direct change if that makes any sense because i feel like a lot of the characteristics of what the razor buggy tries to do is what can am is oops, excuse me is what can am is really good at already doing yeah i agree and i've i've got a buddy of mine that comes out and rides at the farm some and I've gotten to run his and um, play with it a little bit, I guess, earlier in the year. And it is, it's a, it's a night and day difference from, you know, I guess, um, you know, what a, well, it's not night and day. It just does things that a Polaris at this current time, you know, does things that a Polaris uh, does not do. It's the suspension is a little bit better and, you know, the wheelbase is, uh, longer on a on a can am and it's just got a lot of i guess attributes that make it for what we do make it a little more uh better you know better for the racing scene so i'm excited about it i've already got it and it's torn down to a bare chassis and <laughs> i'm kind of go going through it and you know getting my parts ordered and gonna build it back up i'm gonna try and make it where um i could also do some of the endurance stuff with pro rock hey. you know I, I didn't do any of that this year mm-hmm. um so and I, that's always something i enjoy um so i'm gonna try and you know keep the big fuel tank in it and stuff that i can make i can kind of let it run double duty you know so that's crazy so let me ask you this is you I have so many questions because this is so new. I didn't expect this. Uh, So uh, the Southern Rock Racing Series is starting a full body class for UTVs. Is that correct? That's right. I signed up for last week. I signed up for the full body class and uh, I guess the pro classes. I'm not sure what they're calling it, but um, basically what we ran this year. So I've signed up for both of them. Wow. So Uh, you're going to, so not only are you going to double duty, this car, you know, hill killing endurance and the build setup and things like that. But you're also going to go in the full body class that they're starting, which let's 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 be honest here. That is a such a good move because it gives an entry level position for these guys or it gives like me personally. You know, I have a I have a full body that's semi built. And as yeah. long as if the hill wasn't, you know, a Winrock style hill, I would feel comfortable going and racing on something like that. Uh, so I would assume that the hill choice will be different I, I, there. That was my point of saying that for the roundabout way I chose to say it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think, and I think that's Clyde's plan. I kind of talked to him about it before I signed up and, mm-hmm. you know, I think it'll be the same course and, you know, um, like the, maybe the ending might be a little more difficult for the pro guys mm-hmm. 
versus the full body, but I think a lot of it's going to be the same same course. And you know, we on the full body, we've got to keep all the front plastics on there, and wow. um, you know, make it look like an actual manufacturer vehicle. So now, you um, know, fact, you, factory you, frame and everything. So it it's going to be fun. I and you know, we needed something kind of new. We've been doing this same routine for the last several years and um you know i've been in the same razor buggy for the last few years so mm-hmm. something new is going to be good and i'm excited about it yeah so there's two things i want to say there uh and i've already forgotten the second one <laughs> i'll tell you man <laughs> Bra- thoughts as i'm sitting here listening i like to keep the conversation going for those who who don't think about it you've got to be thinking you know four, four or five steps ahead and uh, I'll think about, oh, this will be a great transition topic. And the next thing I know, I'm like, I have no idea what I was thinking about. <laughs> but the first one is uh, when you keep a full body, uh, I actually interviewed um, uh, Brett from Polaris, who is their race team manager. What you're yeah. doing is you're opening the door for, you know, factory race team sponsorship. So that is so exciting for you guys. I'm I'm really encouraged by that. I think that that's really, um, you know, I know that a lot of these race series, they're, they're just on the cusp of something bigger. And I don't know what something bigger is, but it's not a bad idea to have factory support. That's for sure. Um, so I think that that's a really cool move. Um, but also, you know, we've seen a lot of these guys in full bodies hit the pro hills and still be able to do them, you know, for, within reason. There's some that they definitely can't hit. But uh, a lot of these guys have success. Uh, do you think that having the having the stock body class will ever bleed into like course design and things like that to where it might change it and add more of the short course style that we're starting to see now i i hope so you know um they did they they seem like they've done a little bit more of that this year Mm -hmm. you know added you know uh, short course style and then have a big heel at the end or something and i really like that i hope and they did it with the bouncers too. And yeah. I, I really hope that that continues to evolve because it gets it where you can kind of go across in front of the crowd and maybe have an, an obstacle or a jump in front of the crowd, um, you know, and then go up the hill. And I really hope they continue to evolve it that way. Um, and it gives you a little more, little bit more seat time, yeah. you know, yeah. rather than a, a 30 second run or, whatever yeah absolutely I, I couldn't agree with you more um i again have so many things because uh it's cool to hear the driver's perspective i know that i watched the mid-america finals this year and i was initially a little critical of what they chose to do uh, <clears throat> excuse me with hill one where it was all the short course and then like a moderate hill like right. I, I thought i was like hey we're kind of getting away from what we're you know what we're really wanting to see here and then when we went to hill two i was like holy cow, you have this huge contrast of short course. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you have, you know, an almost unclimbable hill for, you know, 80% of the racers out there. It was really, Uh really great. The the thing that I think that will, will separate all everybody from the few, like I'm running a lot of words here. I'm trying to slow it down. The thing that will separate, you know, one league from another is having all of this diversity. So I was really excited to see, you know, a big emphasis on the short course in, in, in Hill 1 and then Hill 2. It was like, still got the short course, but you also have this behemoth of a monster at the very end. So yeah, uh, yeah. Hats, hats off to them. Um, but I'm interested because, you know, you as a racer said you look forward to that. You know, you guys are normally, 
you know, hill killing pretty much only has, has been kind of how it is. Uh, are you moving away from your bouncer chassis because of the integration of the sh more short course style? Do you think that that's a better move or is it just I, something different? I, I don't know um, that I'm really doing it for that reason. I just know that like if I have, I've got a turbo S that I ran um, in the endurance stuff a couple of years ago and mm -hmm. I have, I keep it at the farm. And so if I get in it and I, run a lap and then I get in my chassis and run a lap for whatever reason I do better in the in the full body mm -hmm. in that in that type of stuff and I'm not so I'm not sure you know and there for some reason um, in my case and it may be because my chassis is kind of old um, there's nothing like a you know a factory machine you know it, mm -hmm. it seems to steer good the geometry's good you know it turns the same distance left and right mm -hmm. you know there's so many little things that um i'm just looking forward to getting back in one and i'll you know it does take some more nerve to hit stuff um you know the bigger heels in a full body mm -hmm. um but I, I think a lot of that to be honest with you i think a lot of that's mental you know yeah i really i really think and if you, the weight uh, a lot of times a full body will weigh less than the chassis. That's unbelievable. So I know, I, and, <laughs> and it's true because I've weighed them. But, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, I think it'll do good. I mean, I may be, I may be completely wrong and it may be a off season, but hey, I think, I think we'll do good with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think that that's the smart move. And I think that it's, I think that we're going to see with the full body class, uh, like a proof of concept type thing where, yeah. you know, everyone's going to go out there and they're going to see how well these things do. And, you know, we had a couple guys like uh, Clint Garrison at, at Hollerwood. He ran a full body, was able to finish all the hills and everything. Uh, yeah. There's guys that are doing it. And and I really think that, uh, like, I, I want to use the finals, the Mid-America. And, and I actually talked to one of my sponsors in my podcast. He's a shock tuner um, who works with some of the bouncers and some of the UTV guys. And I had him on the phone after – uh, finals was done, Hill 1 and 2. And I was like, man, what do you think about watching these cars go over the whoops? And he's like, it's so hard to tune a rock bouncer. Oh, yeah. And and yeah. I was I was sitting there and I was like, like we'll, we'll set the, the actual big rock bouncers away for a second. And I was like, what about UTVs? You know, something that has only, you know, X amount of travel, which is relatively small. How do you even set that up? Because if you're going to if you're going to build it for the whoops, it needs to be good. You know, it, it, they have to be kind of good at both things. If you build it yeah. for the whoops, it won't be good on the hills, et cetera. And, and a lot of the buggies, the rail, razor bouncers, they had a rough time in that short course. I mean, we saw one guy flip over twice on a curve in the same spot, you know, run after run. And it's just like, man, how much are you sacrificing for the ability that, you know, how many seconds are are you losing in the short court game on the hill? And, uh, you know, I saw something on Facebook where that sparked a huge debate this week. And, and it, I wanted to ask you, really, how do you feel about the integration of short course? And, and as the sport seems to be getting away from, I'm using air quotes here for those watching the YouTube, you see them, uh, you know, the heavy bounty hill rock bouncing, like, you know, kill, steal and destroy kind of hills. How do you feel that we've getting a little bit away from those? I, I like that we're getting away from it. Um, 
you know, I still like the heel part of it mm-hmm. just because of the, you know, it's a, it's a, a good adrenaline rush and it's, it's quite an accomplishment. You know, there's so many times we stand down at the base of a hill, like there's no way anybody's going up there, you know, mm-hmm. and then half the field will climb it. So, um, I still want a heel in there, but I also, I like to load, you know, load everything in the trailer and not have a huge <laughs> catastrophic amount of stuff to do yeah. when I, you know, cause it's, it's done in the evenings and on the weekends and, and it's also expensive, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I like the fact that we're kind of getting away from it and making it, you know, it's a lot more of a driver, driver style course. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you're kind of talking about the setup, um, it's a lot harder to find that sweet spot, you know, mm-hmm. on the heel kill stuff. You know, there's a lot of guys that don't run sway bars and, you know, keep everything softened up. And then when you get out there on the short course, like you said, they're rolling over and, you know, bicycling. And yeah. so it's, it's hard to find that sweet spot, but I, I am glad we're getting away from it, you know, yeah. to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. And I'll tell you this too, like there was one full body that ran at finals, Brandon Grapevine. And watching him, I think he had he had uh, a set of tuned shocks. And watching him run through the whoops, I was like, "That is it!" You know, that's the the five million dollars of engineering R and D that went into a Polaris <laughs> Razor chassis. That's where it's paying off because we're seeing. Yeah. You know, he climbed the hill. He he did everything. He did everything everybody else did. But he, you know, it was seemed to be easier on the car, easier on the driver. So. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested in that. I think that that's really something really cool we're going to see this year. And uh, I'm I'll be honest, I didn't expect you to have that uh, have that thought. I so I feel like a lot of drivers are either somewhere in the middle, or you know nobody likes breaking their stuff. But I hear a lot of people complaining about short course and this and that. And and uh, I like your your outlook on it. You know, it's it's a good optimistic outlook for the future. Yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, and setting the bouncer up for that stuff. Um, you know, the high RPMs, like it, I can't remember what park it was, but we did a lap around the track. Yeah. You know, and I, I had a belt come off, you know, because you're in the, I was kind of in the rev limiter. Yeah. Going down through there. And so it's definitely going to make some people, including myself, have to change their game a little bit, you know, to adapt to it. But, um, I, I think it's great. I'm I'm looking forward to the challenge. So the I, I think 2021 is going to be the year of no excuses. Woo! I like it, <laughs> Brandon Davis. I like it, sir. No excuses. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so so let me ask you. I mean, I, you beat me to it. I was just about to bring up the bouncer side of it. Obviously, you know the the I forget the name of the park where you guys ran that loop and had a yep. had a real you know almost a, a hairpin turn. Um, what changes are you going to make? I, I'm not the most mechanically inclined when it comes to, you know, belts, engines, transmissions, things like that. So what do you do to get some of that uh, top end back? You you can change it in the transfer case. You can, you know, go in and I mean, most everybody has like the SCS gearboxes mm-hmm. and it's a matter of, you know, swapping out a gear or two. Um, you know, if you want to get it a little long, more on the top end. Um, and but Timmy's done a good job of playing with those ratios and getting them, you know, kind of in the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's only been a time or two that you know you you feel like you need just a you know a few more miles an hour. So um, do you think that this is a scenario where you would ever you know 
okay, you know you're going to a park with a longer short course that it's probably going to have where you're going to get in your transfer case and, and swap gears before a race? One thing, I don't I don't know. It, it may be, maybe get to that, but I could see people uh, changing tire sizes. Oh, that uh, would help, yeah. You know, you could gear it, say, if you geared it for a 40-inch tire, you know, and then you could go to the 43 sticky, you know, that's a big difference in RPMs and stuff. So I could see people, you know, start to bring, you know, dirt tires and rock tires and yeah. doing that type of thing. Um, um, if you built the buggy to where you could access the transfer case easily and, you know, do a quick change on it, you, you know, it might get to that. But mm-hmm. um, right now that it might be a little time consuming to try and do it. Yeah, I I, I always forget that you can manipulate it in other ways other than, you know, just right at the the heart of the issue, I guess. So that's that's a good thinking. Uh, I would be interested to see guys, you know, really start to make those changes and change their cars based on what parks they are going to. I think that, you know, that reminds me a lot of times of like the drag guys or the go kart guys who, you know, they're swapping tires based on every course and they've got you know, f- four or five different sets of tires all prepped differently just for, you know, oh, it, oh, it might rain. Oh, okay. We have, you know, yeah. tire number three here. So I think that yeah. that's cool. And I know that, you know, for a driver, that kind of sucks because it's just another thing you got to worry about. But uh, I, I like the the devil in the details. I think that that, 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 uh, that adds a little bit of more fun to it, and especially for hardcore fans, you know, who will see you pull up to the start on the race line, go, oh, he's running 43s. <laughs> and, and then yeah. the next guy pulls up, oh, he's running 40s. And, and you know, kind of kind of adds wow. to this whole different thing. But uh, I like it. I, I love it, in fact. I think it's great. And um, so I, my plan is to be at a few of the races this season, uh, and I'm hopeful to kind of get lost in those details. I'm, I'm really looking forward to being out there and, and seeing more of you guys and seeing that. But uh, let's talk about 2021 because – uh, through the grapevine, and like I said earlier, I kind of miss some information when it just first releases. So, uh, what is your plan for 2021? Anything you're going to change? As far as, uh, far as the big buggy, the we can start. A, yeah, or, yeah. So we talked a little bit about UTVs. Going to go to a Canon full body, which is again, I'm I'm not over that yet. That's huge. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, big bouncers 2021. What's it look like for you? Yeah. So. I, I hope it's the right decision, but I, I have sold Hellbent. Um, a fellow will be running it, racing it next year. That's exciting. And um, I think I talked to him. He's I, I'm pretty sure it's out enough, but Daniel Heckley will be hey. running that next season. So and he's uh, he's excited. That's going to be a big change for him, and he's already a great driver. Yeah. So he's going to be some competition. You know, it kind of feels weird selling something to your competition. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would, but, um, I, I would imagine that's probably a, a weird trade-off. After he pulls out the driveway, you're probably thinking to yourself, "Huh, maybe, I know. maybe not." <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, you know, Timmy's already he's working on uh, another rig, and when he gets that done, then I'll get uh, I'll get Menace, and that deal's already done. So I'll get Menace. And then Daniel will get help in. So very nice. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, you know, getting into Menace. Uh, I think it's going to suit my driving style, um, you know, a lot better. And uh, the visibility in it's good. And 
Um, I just I think it's going to be all around a good package. I don't know that it'll all happen, you know, at the first race of the year, mm-hmm. but you know, definitely early season we ought to be able to, you know, Timmy will be in a new one and we'll be able to transfer everything over. So yeah. So first off, congratulations. That's very exciting. Thank you. Uh, and and I want you to kind of break down for me. You know, when you say uh, an IFS car kind of suits your driving style a little bit better. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what you mean? Yeah, I always, you know, Timmy's got it set up pretty stiff mm-hmm. as far as, you know, sway bars and suspension and everything. And like every every buggy I've bought from him, I go, I've gone in there and, and put a stiffer sway bar on it and stiffen shocks up a little bit. Um, I just like something when you make a turn that it's not, you know, falling over on its face and leaning yeah. way over. You know, it feels stable in the turns, and mm-hmm. that's the way he's built. This is the first one he's really actually built like that, where it's, um, you know, more stable. And, you know, I guess like we were talking about, you know, that it'd be good on a course and on a hill yeah. type thing. So, um, and a lot of that's in your mind, you know, when you make a turn and it lays over. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to flip on over, but <laughs> I just like when it's. <laughs> predictable kind of predictable in turns and yeah. stuff and that's the way he's got this one you know built and set up so um and the visibility is good out the front you know being independent suspension you you don't have the the shock hoops and mm-hmm. stuff to, that you're looking through um so that's that's pretty significant too yeah it, it's funny that you mentioned the stability because i know when you know mad ram 11 dropped the first video of him like ripping through a field with it I mean, all you saw was one tire just ripping up in the air. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, man. Like, I, I, now I want to ask this too. Obviously, the suspension comes pretty dialed. Does Timmy do all that suspension work himself on the valving and whatnot? He does. He does that himself. And, you know, after that video, and he actually raced it a, a couple races, but um, he, because it was picking up that front tire, he, he stiffened it up. Mm-hmm. You know, after a few races, put a stiffer sway bar in there to get rid of that, you know, picking the front tire up. But yeah. uh, but he, he does all his own tuning and, um, you know, he's come out to the farm and done, you know, done testing early on. And it's it's nothing to have it up the shop, and pull a shot, pull shocks off and pull them apart and revalve them right there, you know, man, that's... go out there and hit it again. So he's dedicated, and puts the time in and. um you know, it definitely shows in, in this performance. So Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, well, it's so cool and it's so unique that you have uh, like a business working relationship with him on these on these machines because, uh, you know, it, it is just the most like synergistic trade off between you guys. And I think that that is absolutely awesome because, you know, you mentioned you're, you're selling Hellbent to Daniel uh, and Timmy sells these machines to you. And it's kind of like this this big swap. And, and I, I think that it's so cool that A, you know, these machines are able to go out the door, but B, you know, Timmy goes out and has to race against his, you know, his own machines in a driver that drives different than him. It gets set up different. And uh, I, I think that that's really cool because it's like using, you know, using a sword against the blacksmith. I think that that's a, a really cool uh, dynamic to what you guys have going on for sure. Yeah, it's it's a good relationship and um, it's worked for the last few years. And, you know, I know what I'm good at and 
and fabrication is not not one of them. So <laughs> me, um, I, I stick with what I know and and I do you know my own work on them, but I, I'm not able to. I'm just not able to build them. So yeah, um, um, it, it works out good getting his machines. You know, they're all sorted out. And I have thought about having one built in the past for myself, but mm-hmm. I just I don't want to go through that process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no matter how good of a builder you are, you're going to have bugs to work out. And, mm-hmm. and I just don't want to go through that process. You know, I want to get something that's proven and, and, um, you know, that way I can focus on, you know, if I don't do good in a race, I know that it's the driver, you know, yeah, it's not the bug, buggy kind of thing. So sure. you're not chasing, trying to chase problems in the machine, you know, yeah. just work on getting to be a better driver. So, so let me ask you this then, uh, you know, as you get a machine that's kind of sorted out, you know, you do have a little bit of a different driving style than Timmy, I, I believe to some degree, as you mentioned earlier, uh, are there any uh, immediate adjustments or things that you have in mind that are going to be like, hmm, maybe I should, you know, give it a run like it is. And then I have this in mind that I might change already. That one, he, he took off the, um, it had a front sway bar that on it that he ran mm-hmm. earlier in the season. Um, he took that off and that's something I might, I'll probably put back on just to see, you know, and do some testing and see, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it may, it, that may be something like we were talking about earlier. It may be something you leave it, keep it in the trailer. And yeah. if it looks like it's going to be a course style deal, you, you know, you throw it on and run the event. So, but I would think I would at least put that on just to see, you know, see how it did. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it may not be good for a big bounty hill, but I feel like it would be good for a lot of our hills. So, yeah, I would have to agree with you, especially, I mean, you brought up Wildcat earlier. I went back and looked at some of the footage of Wildcat. Um, I'm hoping to be at that race this year. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of these races, you know, like Windrock, I feel like, you know, the big long climbs, where you could just mash it and not necessarily, you know, you can kind of skip across the top. I think that you would definitely want that kind of stability for sure. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I like, I like where your mind's going. Uh, <laughs> have you thought about any other advancements? Like I know that, you know, everybody wants to throw their two cents and everything. And uh, I know, uh, you know, when you, when you ask, like I do, you ask the world, the internet full of trolls, uh, what, what, what's next, what's going to take these cars to the next level. Um, a lot of people, including myself, have mentioned portals. Have you ever, or is that in your mind at all about making that machine a portal machine? No, it it hasn't, and I really don't. Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't looked into it, you know, very much to know. Um, I know I know the axles that, you know, the Pro Rock eighties that Timmy builds are. Mm-hmm. Um, they've proven to be bulletproof, you know, and, and once you start doing portals and doing things like that, it adds so much weight, mm-hmm. you know, to the machine. It does make it easier on the drive line. But, um, if you think about it, he hadn't including myself, I haven't had any drive line issues, knock on wood, um, you know, on, on the buggies or when I first bought Showtime, uh, I smoked a tree and mm-hmm. had a drive line issue, but, that was my fault, you know, so, yeah. huh. but there, there are some guys, in fact, one, a buddy of mine has had a buggy finish that's got portals, um, wow. and, you know, it's high horsepower and, 
But I think it just depends on what you what you're going to do with it. If it's a full blown race machine, mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not convinced that's the way to go. Now we're seeing a lot of the like King of King of the Hammers cars come out with uh, portaled IFS. Well, like uh, I'm, are you familiar with Jordan Pellegrino and the Genrite car? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect example of of kind of what Menace is like the. I think it was probably the first iteration um, of what that car was where that bulkhead and whatnot came from. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yep. um, portaled machine to me, I'll be honest. I say this a couple, a couple of times, every podcast, yeah. I feel like, uh, that's the future right there is that level of technology. Uh, and Jordan's got my like 4,400 vote for the next five years or something. Cause <laughs> I'm uh, fingers crossed. I hope he has a good day, man. Cause I, I really think that that's, they've got something's figured out there. They're not your, yeah. you know, they're not super ATV, you know, portals that are, Right. Not gonna get you know, not gonna let you go seventy miles an hour and get trashed on a hill. But there, there's something to that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the the reliability on them. And mm-hmm. I mean, they'll definitely get tested at King of the Hammers, you know. Yeah. And think of the ground clearance. You that's, know, that that's what I'm saying. Him. He can straddle a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And even you know, even that even comes back into the interchangeable parts that you can run. Uh, you know, depending on the course you know, if you ended up with a more short course style there's some possible gear reduction in portal boxes you just yeah. take your portals off for that weekend and whatnot and you yeah. know just another piece of the puzzle but <laughs> another maintenance puzzle but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. but but anyway uh what would you say you're most excited about you know as you're getting the off season if i understand correctly you don't have menace yet correct that's right I'll- okay we won't. I won't get it until his new one is done, and it, it will probably be um, within a few races of the season, next season. Okay, cool. So, and I'm and I'm keeping hell bent until until that. So. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So it'll be a it'll be a synchronous trade off all the way down, no waterfall down. Yeah, that's okay. exactly right. Okay, cool. Uh, well, while you have while you have this time during the uh, off season, if you want to call it that, we really have you know two or three months maybe. Um, are you doing anything cool, anything off road? Are you just taking a break from it all? No, we'll we'll ride at the farm. Like last weekend, I went up there Saturday and, and rode. You know, uh, I keep I keep Showtime up there, and also have the uh, Razor Turbo S up there. Mm-hmm. So we'll ride uh, Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving. Had a few people up, and we we got Showtime out and played around on the race hills. So. Um, so I do stuff like that, you know, when, when the weather cooperates. Yeah. Right. So when it's but, not, when it's not but, dark and 30 degrees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then this can am, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty time consuming, mm-hmm. um, just because I'm, I'm able to work on it just, you know, a few hours here and there. Um, you know, so that'll kind of be time consuming. Then you've also got uh motorhome stuff you know generator to go through yep. and you know make sure all that's going to sit there and run in the middle you know 100 <laughs> degrees outside so yeah um there's really a lot behind the scenes you know go through your trailer and get everything up to snuff because i i don't like having downtime and having problems you know i don't want to have a trailer axle bearing go out on me when i'm <laughs> driving home Sunday night, you know, yeah. so I go through all that stuff and make sure, you know, it's, it's ready to roll. 
So yeah. it's a lot of little, just little stuff, you know, and I'm, I got a list up on my board at, at the office and just kind of go through everything. Yeah. So. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, the bouncer shootout at King of the Hammers is always a huge attraction. Have you ever thought about going down there and uh, participating in that? I, I have thought about it, but I, I don't know that that's really my thing. Um, you know, it, it would be a good time, but that's a pretty big dedication as far as time, you know, work. And uh, I think it's like, be like 36 hours drive for me. Yeah. So if I, if I went to King of the Hammers, I would really, I would want to race the, the UTV race. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you know, it, it's the time commitment, you know, yeah. get, trying to get down there and pre-run and, you know, it's probably two or three weeks that you'd need to dedicate to being down there getting ready. So have you thought about running King of the Hammers before? I have. I, I would love to do the UTV. I just I don't think I can get off that long, you know, and commit yeah. to it. Yeah. I, I so trust me. That's just that's all it boils down to. I would do it in a heartbeat. Do you think I just can't get away? Would you ever co-drive for someone if they ask? Like ride with somebody? Yeah, get out there. And, no, and, and, I can't ride. Oh, you can't. Oh. No. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Who hey, you... when I when we're in the motorhome, I have to take Dramamine. If I'm not driving, I have to take a Dramamine just oh, to ride man. the motorhome. So, oh man, uh, I I understand. If that makes you feel any better, I understand. I uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people. You know, I'll, I'll bring people with me uh, to go raise a ride, and maybe they haven't been before, or maybe mm -hmm. it's one of my buddies, and I'll I always feel obligated. Hey man, why don't you drive for a little while? Let's have some fun. And every <laughs> single time I'm on the verge of having a stroke <laughs> because <laughs> I can't handle it. I, I hate yeah. it. Uh, I have learned just to not bring anybody with me. That has been yeah. my, uh, my, my saving grace is if no one's sitting over there. I don't, uh, I don't have to worry about it. So yeah. it works out. Well, I had a, a couple of years ago, you know, well, I did the, the survival races with pro rock and I had a guy, a racer, that was going to co-drive with me mm -hmm. and I won't name his name, but, um, we, we he got in and we were going to, you know, pre-run and he made it about a half a lap and he said, I got to get out there. Oh I can't God. ride. He couldn't even, he had to walk back. He couldn't even <laughs> ride back. So it's, it's not for everybody. And I really don't know how, how those guys do it. Like the rally cars and stuff where you're looking at notes and, Oh yeah. Uh, there is no way I could do that. Yeah, I, 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 so like having seen what endurance racing is here in the woods, and then you watch videos of like the in cab and the out of cab of rally guys come around oh, the corner. Yeah. It, it, listen, I don't get it because you're not only you guys super skilled and all that stuff, you're un, you know, just ungodly good at driving, whatever you may be, but you don't have a fear if it's your day. Like, if it's your right. day to go, you're just signed up and you're ready to go and it's fine. You're, <laughs> and if you're going to go, you're going to go well. <laughs> like, yeah. man, yeah. It, it's uh, to me, that's probably the pinnacle of, of like adrenaline driving. I, I, I talk to bouncers, drivers all the time. I'm like, you guys are nuts. But that's a uh, that's a totally different special kind of nuts for sure. Yeah. And I, I can tell as just over the last couple of years, you know, as you get older, um, you know, there are things in the back of your mind to the what are the consequences if, if I don't make it up this, yeah. you know, and yeah. 
you try not to think about it, but it, as you get older, it does. It is in the back of your mind. Yeah, man. I'll yeah. tell you this. I'm young still, and I think about it before I even get to. I, if I know <laughs> I'm going, hey, I'm going to ride this park, and they've got this one hill that everybody's going to want to go up, and I'm sitting there thinking, a is there a bypass trail? And then B, uh, how many people are going to think less of me when I do take this bypass trail? And C, do I actually care? And, uh, yeah. and every single time it is, I'm taking the bypass and I don't care. So <laughs> I, I fully understand. I, uh, I, I maybe, so I grew up with my mom. She worked in She worked as an insurance agent for 30 years and she worked, okay. she did a lot of insurance claims. And oh, I think, yeah. I think she, uh, she put something deep in my brain that will never <laughs> go away. So uh, yeah, that's but anyways, uh, enough about me, enough of my stories. Uh, what, what's got you excited? What are you excited about as you look forward to next season? Um, just across the board, what's got you excited? I would think first off is, is you know, having a new UTV to run yeah. and then early in the season, pretty early in the season, having a new buggy to run. Uh, anytime you can kind of start fresh and like that is, is always exciting, you know, cause I've raced the same UTV for a few years now and, you know, it's got its little quirks and, you know, you just get the itching for something new. So I'm excited about that and I'm excited about, um, you know, some new parks and what they're doing at mid America, you know, the week long, um, I guess East coast event. So well, Ultra Four is coming too. So it's a East yeah. Coast, West Coast, everybody. It's, yeah. And you're talking yeah. about uh, the Visions 2021. That's a that's a big one. That's going to yeah, be a big one. It's going to bring in a lot of lot of fast drivers and a big crowd. And that's a that's a cool place if you haven't ever been there. I am that's really really set up good for the racers and and the fans. So I'm I'm hoping that I will make it out to Visions for a couple of days. That is my thought. And if someone hears that, and I shouldn't have said that, I didn't say it. But uh, I'm going to try. It was to my wife, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try and be out there for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if I can swing, you know, because they're going to be racing for, what, five whole days? I, I think it is five days. And I, I'm going to do the UTV and the bouncer. And I think that's like a Tuesday, Wednesday okay. Uh, okay. deal. So, but I think it is uh, all week long. Sure okay. is. Wow. That's exciting. Uh, now, are you going to do knockout? Because this is the famous return of knockout racing. I'm not going to do knockout. I, you know, I actually like it, but I'm always the guy that lets lets the other one buy me. So I, I don't. I just can't commit to running into somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and once you do it one time, people know that you're going to let off and they can pass you. So, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, I actually enjoy it. It's pretty exciting, but I, I just I don't want to risk you know tearing up something. So yeah, uh, and and no one seems to like really take into effect that like you know open wheel like G one racing super dangerous. But then when you have open wheel racing that's like 33, 32, 35 inch tall tires, it's a whole different beast. Uh, you know, cars go flying and parts go everywhere, and uh, it is. It is no joke when two tires meet together. So I understand your hesitation there uh, yep. to, to, to really want to, you know, bang metal with somebody else because uh, yep. there's, there's, I, there's no good result. I've had, I guess I've done maybe three or four of them. Mm -hmm. And um, early on, you know, because I wanted to be that guy that committed and didn't let off and stuff. 
And so if the guy next to you has that same level of commitment, <laughs> um, I've hit tire to tire and, you know, tire to buggy. And yeah. it is a lick. I'm talking about, you know, most of the times it's a sideways impact. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it knocks, knocks the stars in you pretty, pretty good. So it is, it is, it is definitely like hitting a brick wall for sure. Man, man. Oh, I, I hope I can be there to see it. I'm more than excited about that. I think that that's going to be uh big time, big yeah. time stuff right there. Uh Man. So 2021 excited for visions, excited for the regular race season. Uh, I've looked at the schedule. It looks like we're going to, you know, some of the parks we, that they went to last year. Uh, it looks like it'll be at a couple of new places perhaps. And uh, I'm excited. I think there's a lot of really big things and, and it's cool to see some of the race leagues kind of tightening up, you know, and, and, and really kind of, tying up loose ends and buttoning everything up because uh, I think that rock racing is going to step into a new, a new era very quickly here soon. And I want to get your thoughts on that before we close it out. Uh, What do you think comes next for the sport? Are there any changes that need to be made before we make that big leap or how do you feel about it? Yeah, I don't, with Southern rock racing doing the full body class, you know, and, and trying to get some, maybe getting some sponsorship in there from, you know, Polaris and Can-Am and stuff. I think doing things like that is, is, is going to be good. Um, I don't know. I feel like, like we're doing, adding some short course style stuff. That's, you know, that's exciting for the crowds to watch and, you know, makes for good live TV. I think things like that are good. Um, I don't know that, you know, in a few years or a year from now, we won't be seeing some like the monster trips do the freestyle stuff. You know that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I'd be the one out there doing it, but it'd be, you know, if you think about what the fans want to see and what they want to, you know, come watch, I think that would be a pretty cool aspect of it. You know, getting out there and doing some freestyle and trying to walk a wheelie and do whatever else yeah. we can try and do. You know, so. I think the potential is endless. You, you know, I grew up as a little kid monster trip fan, and you look at how far that's come. Yeah. In just the last few years, to think of what you know, watch what they do now with the, you know, something that that big is is crazy, and I, I think it could definitely kind of follow that pace. You know, especially if it gets on TV, and you know, you get some money money in there that would help fix the buggies. I, I think. You'll see a lot more, a lot more people risking, risking tearing up stuff. And yeah, I actually hadn't, on a show. I hadn't thought about uh, like race series funded repairs. That's that's something I hadn't really thought about. Uh, it's cool though. It's a good idea. I think I think they should do it. <laughs> well, if they can, well, I, if they can scrounge up some money, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the reason these guys are able to do, you know, in monster trucks. Um, you know, a lot of those trucks are owned by failed motorsports. Yeah. And they, you know, if they wad them up or do whatever in a race or freestyle, you know, it's paid by somebody else, Um, you know, but I I know it's a trickle down effect. You know, they get more of a crowd and Mm -hmm. get more people there. So, but yeah, there was some funding in there where we didn't have to, you know, come home and spend 5,000 bucks on a weekend. You know, that would be be huge because I <laughs> I know I definitely can't quit my day job you know, <laughs> to keep to keep racing that's for sure man but, uh, that's awesome so 
sale. I love that because again, it just lifts the veil and it makes you guys, uh, it makes you guys human to these guys who may not always see it that way. And uh, yeah. I love that to humanize the driver is, is absolutely necessary. Uh, and that actually leads me to the last point I had for you. Um, I know that in the Southern rock racing series, I think they're doing like driver cards. I forget what they're calling them. Uh, something like that this year. And I spoke with uh, Bree when I interviewed her, uh, Bree Molitor, uh, yeah. who is the uh, one of the hosts of Hillside Live. Um, I mentioned to her, I was like, if I could get a baseball card of you know the, the seasoned drivers or if I can get a baseball card of these guys, I think that this would be something so cool and, you know, I would have them up in the studio and this and that, but you know, a lot of these guys would collect them and I, I would love to see like stats and things, you know, we can make up stats if you want to make up stats or, you know, <laughs> yeah. how, however, it, how, whatever we want to measure, you know, you could have these and have the drivers on them and pictures of the buggy. And, you know, I think one of the cool things I actually, I may have used you as an example, or I may have been off air. We talked about it. I was like, imagine if you had the Brandon Davis card and you had it for the last five years and, you know, you had a helmet, you had a showtime, you have a menace. And I'm like, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, these become, you know. Collectible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, because, you know, it doesn't exist after that season. And I just think it's something really unique. And uh, when I interviewed Ricky Berry from RCV, he mentioned that, you know, the Monster Jam route is is a possibility for these drivers and for the teams, you know, about how it's not necessarily uh, brand in Davis racing, but it's the, it's the day where it's, it's grave digger or, uh, you right. know, screaming blue. And you start to kind of make these vehicles and these drivers into icons. How do you feel about that moving forward? And is that something that, you know, you think would help this whole thing is to build these, these team icons that would help the fans kind of associate with. Yeah, I think, I think anything like that is pretty cool. You know, they did something similar several years ago. They made up some, little driver info cards just had our information on there and what we drove and you know you give that you sign that and give it to a little kid or yeah. something in the crowd yeah i mean that is that's big time yeah you know and and give them a little neck hug or something you know and yeah. that's just i mean i think that's would be huge just to kind of get the crowd and some people to be able to relate to the drivers you know yeah um but we made some decals up you know davis racing decals up mm -hmm. and hand them out and you know anything like that those kids just just love it so. yeah I, I i think that that's awesome and I, I started keeping up with the sport probably when i was 18 or 19 and i'll tell you if i had come to a race and just hanging out and you know the drivers walk by and say hey man how are you doing i would have been you know 18 19 year old like that is so awesome like <laughs> like that's just so cool to get a chance to kind of break that barrier because uh, yeah. I know, you know, a, a lot of times in the, I, I want to say the past, and I mean, you know, further back than recent times, you know, a lot of times drivers are just working on their car and uh, right. just staying in the pits and stuff like that. And, and we've seen over the past year or two, you know, drivers interacting more, doing more interviews, things like that. And I think that it is awesome because uh, you drivers, whether you know it or not, you're starting to build these followings like football teams and, yeah. you know, everybody wants this guy to do good or everybody is cheering for this guy or they know his story. And uh, I'm excited because, you know, I, I want to see you guys be set on these little pedestals and, and have 
you know, Davis racing t-shirts and, and for you to be able to look out and see, you know, oh, you know, like there's fans here for me. I think that that's a really, you know, it's not only unique for you, but it's really good for the sport because it breeds these, uh, like almost like a tribe mentality. And, uh, you know, psychologically, if you do like a psychological study, that definitely breeds involvement in something for sure. So, I think that that's a really cool uh, pathway that we can go down as a as a collective sport. Yeah, yeah. And you think about where else can you go that you know you're allowed to go down in the pits and mm-hmm. hang around the buggies and you know every, every other motorsports event. You know, you'd have to have a special pass or special mm-hmm. permission or something. But to be able to walk around and meet the drivers and see what they're working on and everything, it's I mean, it's a unique sport. You know, you're not going to find it anywhere else. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Well, Brandon, that's pretty much all I had. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to talk about that we didn't cover? Because I've stolen an hour, 15 minutes of your night. (laughs) No, I think, I mean, we covered a lot of stuff. Uh, I hope we can put on a show in 2021. And I'm just excited about you know, February can't get here quick enough. I think our first race is the end of the end of February. So yeah, I think it's actually um, February nineteenth. So you guys okay. are going to be up and ripping in Texas, and yeah. uh, you guys enjoy Texas because I will be back in Tennessee for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a long haul. That's about twelve hours. Woo! So, so, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely not close. So I, uh, I'm, I'm happy that the live stream exists for that one for sure. There but, you go. There you go. Uh, I know that I'll be watching it. I'll be looking forward to seeing you as always. And uh, I know the rest of us will be able to uh, be able to cheer you on from wherever we're at. So I think that's awesome. Uh, Brandon, uh, where can people find you on social media where they want to keep up with you? So we, we do have a Davis racing page. Um, it's Brandon, it's Brandon Davis racing. So um, go on there and like her page. I, I don't, updated as much as i need to my, my wife's in charge of that we're going that's another goal for 2021 is to try and do more post and interaction with that um so and look us up if you ever come to a race uh as a fan we'll love to talk to you and love to meet you sounds good well brandon i'll close out the interview here stay on the line with me okay. everybody brandon davis thanks for being on the show buddy Today's episode is powered by SuperGripATV.com. If you're familiar at all with the podcast, you know that I've run the SuperGrip ATV K9 tires for some time now. I run them in the standard compound with the Kevlar reinforced sidewalls. It's been an extremely tough tire for my vehicle. Uh, on top of that, I ran them out this weekend, and I just really kind of wanted to put a beating on them and, and see what I could find. And uh, let me tell you guys. Don't run them at 20 PSI. That's where I started just to, you know, get an idea if someone overinflates them to see, you know, how they perform. It's not the right way to do it for sure. I got them down to about 6 or 8 PSI, somewhere in that ballpark, and they really started hooking for me. Even where people say that they haven't been very successful with them, uh, mud, loose, uh, like loose, slick rock. I was all over it. Had no issues once I aired down the six and eight PSI right around there somewhere. It was really great. I'm really impressed with the performance of those tires. Uh, and when I say performance, I mean, it's a combination of, you know, the things that they can climb, the terrain that they can get you through. Uh, they're really well balanced in my opinion, but more than anything, 
that is an extremely tough tire. So I highly recommend if you have the extra change and you're looking to get some canines, upgrade to Kevlar, you will not be sorry. SupergripATV.com and SupergripATV on Facebook and Instagram. Next on the show is Dinojet Research Inc. Uh, I was talking to James today, and he uh, he goes pretty extensively over one of the few things that he would really keep in transferring over to the car or something that he already has figured out for his new vehicle is the Dynajet uh, tune, uh, the clutching, the belt system, the entire the entire setup. He's really confident in how it performs. Dynojet offers a PowerVision 3 tuner, which can hold multiple tunes at one time, even letting you write your own customizable tune. And let me tell you, that's pretty cool from someone who's a software guy. If you don't want to get that nitty-gritty, they come preloaded with some excellent tunes. I run the stock tune that comes on the PowerVisions from Dynojet for the stock exhaust as well. I really think it woke up the low end of my machine. I was very, very pleased with it. They've also been very kind to me in uh, getting me a clutch setup and all that other kind of stuff so that I can tell you guys and confidently say that I recommend the Dynojet Research Inc. Stage 2 Power Kit. Uh, it's what I run on my car. I'm very, very glad to have them on board. Dynojet Research Inc. Uh, and Dynojet.com. You can find all the information there or reach out to your local retailer. Third on the list is iRate 4x4. iRate 4x4 is the new revolution in terms of information gathering for your UTV or full-size rig. Uh, if you're looking for, I, I had a student from MTSU this week, uh, which is Middle Tennessee State University, the local college of my town. He reached out to me and you know he, he had some design questions and things like that. I mean, when I say design questions, he just kind of let me know what they were doing and, and it was, you know, just kind of Ask me for my thoughts. I am going to redirect him to iRate 4x4 because there's so many guys out there that have fabrication skills uh, far beyond my need that have posted how-to threads, build threads, and even just general discussion topics or topics where people have asked questions. iRate4x4.com is a no BS place to go get the answers that you need make new friends, and also stay up to date with industry-late topics. I am highly, highly recommend you guys go there because I really trust the team that's doing the moderation there. They've been really great to me uh, in communication, and everything's been really straightforward. So as far as moderation goes, this is going to be a place where you can share your ideas, not be censored, and get all of the correct information that you need. That is I-R-A-T-E-4-X-4.com irate 4x4 on Instagram and Facebook. When you start your build thread, let them know you found out from Racing on the Rocks. Another sponsor on our list is All Things UTV. Guys, there's one product from, or there's really two that I really, really, really recommend, but there's one product that is a must-have on your vehicle, and that is the Razor Aid Inner Fender Liners. So if you're on any Can-Am or Polaris machine, the stock firewall or the stock, you know, plastics that are underneath your feet in the floorboard, that's all you have, uh, especially in the wheel well of your vehicle. And all things UTV and, and the Razor Aid department of all things UTV, they make an excellent upgrade for that piece of the machine. What it is, it is a form fitted, custom made, fully engineered, uh, 
piece of steel that just bolts right up onto your firewall, the floorboard there, and it makes it a much more durable, safer environment for your passengers and yourself. I would not be going as fast as I am through the woods sometimes without having the peace of mind knowing that if a stick comes through, it won't. It's not going to come through. The steel inner fender liners are gonna be able to protect me. Those come in powder coating options of a variety of colors, and it's one of the most important upgrades that you can have. All Things UTV Razor Aid Inner Fender Liners. You can find those guys on allthingsutv.com and All Things UTV with a Z, All Things UTV on Instagram and Facebook. Let's see. Next is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. So this was the first weekend I really got a chance to get out and get on my shocks that we're, we're working on doing. Uh, let me tell you guys, he's got a package that is pretty pretty much there. Uh, there's a little bit of fine tuning that Chris wants to do because he is a perfectionist. I cannot tell you guys the level of communication, turnaround, specification, everything that Chris has asked me to do, I've done for him, and he delivered almost right out of the gate. I think we're I think we're due for one more tuning session to really get it perfect for you guys, you know. But his first stab at my setup was really really great. And the feedback that I'm going to give him is just going to help his commercial package be that much better. So I'm very, very excited to, to tell you guys when Chris at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop is going to go live with those Razor uh, spring packages and, and you know valving packages. It's going to be great. Chris is going to be someone who can get you everything you need from rebuild, custom valving, to custom spring rates as well. He is the best in the business. Now, quick little small plug for all things UTV. I'm running their Cloud 9 kit right now paired with Chris's valving, and I think it's really, really great. Check out the Tender Spring upgrade and the Cloud 9 kit from all things UTV. It's a wonderful pairing with what Chris is doing. Uh, Chris is called Wizzo because he's the wizard, man. He makes those shocks do things that are magic. So Diddy's Big Block Race Shop for all of your needs in terms of shock tuning, shock servicing, and he'll be releasing his Razor-specific shock valving packages very soon. Very glad to have him on board. That is Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Facebook and Instagram. Last but not least, the longest sponsor of the show and one of the most dedicated sponsors of this show, Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road has two things for the listeners of this show. They offer a 25-year you-break-it, they-fix-it warranty, uh, even covering accidental damage. It's pretty much no questions asked, and whatever happened, happened, and they'll just send you some new parts. It's really amazing. I am, uh, I don't know, I, we're, me and Mike are friends. I mean, to, to call it what it is, it's nice because he's such a good guy that, that I've seen so many other people say you know, say things about him that echo the way I feel. It just is really great, whether it's customer service, shipping time, you know, communication, whatever it is, infiniteoffroad.com is the place to get all of your lighting solutions and some hard parts that they carry as well. 